How many know you have a seed in the ground? How many know you have a seed in the ground? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I have a seed in the ground. Oh, if you don't have one, you want to put one right now in the ground. I have a seed in the ground. It may not look like it, but I have a seed in the ground. And it's leaning in my direction. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, it's leaning in my direction. Oh, come on, you ought to say it with a little more vim vigor. That it's leaning in my direction. Tell your neighbor one more time, I have a seed in the ground. What a wonderful song. Right now, before we get started, we'll go across the aisle and hug on your neighbor right quick and tell him I'm so good to see you and tell him your future is bright. You know how we do just before we preach. Praise you, God. There is a seed in the While you're yet standing, and while you're yet standing, quickly let's go to the word of the Lord. Won't be before you long today. Mark 6. We're going to go to Mark 6, the first chapter. Mark 6, the first chapter. We thank God for having us on this message series, The Future, The Forecasting the Future forecasting the future. If you can today, get a writing utensil out because I'm going to give you a few points today. I'm not a point preacher, but I'm going to give you a few points today. And let's read what the word of the Lord has to say to us today. And he went out from hence, and he came into his own city, country, and his disciples followed him. Second verse. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogues. And many hear him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works were wrought by his hand? Is this not the carpenter's son, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judah, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Today, just for a few minutes of your time, tell your neighbors and neighbor, the invisible man. I'll say it again. I know just a few of us, but we can say it with a little more vim, vic, and vigor. The and neighbor the invisible man. You can have your seats. February has been commissioned as the Black History Month. There have been many great names and many great martyrs that have given their lives for such the betterment of people and of mankind. I can quote for you some of the greatest speeches such as I have a dream that my four little children one day will live in a nation where they will not be judged 
by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Malcolm X says, with that, and that's his motto, we want freedom by any means necessary. We want justice by any means necessary. We want equality by any means necessary. But there are many invisible people that we don't get the headlines and the acclaims because their sacrifices we will not be able to enjoy without the things they enjoy because they are yet invisible. There are people that have done many, many things, many, many things, that, many, many things that we have not seen, but we yet enjoy. Some people have given their lives. Some people have made picket stands. Some people have built altars. Some people have used all their resources, but you don't know who those people are because they are yet the invisible man. But there are many, but there are many invisible people who don't get the, who don't get the headlines. We are blessed to able to stand on the ones who we've never met. They, but they pursued purpose. And we are here today because of their diligence, perseverance. That's why it is so important that you and I value the things that happened in the past that we have not seen standing on the shoulders of invisible men and women. As we pursue this decade ahead of us, it is necessary and it is my responsibility to unveil to you that you that's inside of you. There is, there is a gift that is wrapped and needs to be unwrapped. And that gift that needs to be unwrapped is the gift that will let people know who you are because oftentimes there's invisible men inside of us. And we oftentimes do not even explore or research or dig deep enough to find the invisible men that's inside of us. Because if I can interject... Every invisible man needs a mentor. If you're ever going to go someplace, if you're ever going, let me change mics. If you're ever going to go someplace, if you're ever going to find, to interject somebody, you got to get around people who are doing the same thing you want to do. You got to be around the same people who are moving and who are moving and being shakers. If you're going to be a mover and shaker, you got to be around somebody who's moving and shake, who's moving, who's moving and shaking. Because if you are teachable, you are reachable. Because most times, my brothers and sisters, when we begin to pursue purpose and begin to pursue our potential, we hook up with the wrong, hook with the wrong person who's on the same level as you. You don't need someone on the same level as you. You need someone who is doing it and is making it happen. And when they're doing it and making it happen, you are really seeing the inside of that person. Because most times, my brothers and sisters, we are just hostess. Host of the Invisible Man. What I mean is that, have you ever seen a movie, a sci-fi movie, and we used to call it, um, when I was growing up, we called The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. When just, I don't know if you guys understand, when I was a little boy, and I'm aging myself, but they, had, they got to remake that movie, the, the, body, the Body Snatchers. See, what, what's happened is that, that they take the person and wrap themselves around it so now your body is the host of the very thing that's trying to come out 
or the very thing that's trying to pursue. And I want you to know, brothers and sisters, there are many, many, in, there are many, many invisible men inside of you that wants to come out, who wants to come out and pursue. Because when I look at you, I can tell you there's many different invisible men inside of you. How about this? If you look at yourself, there is the church you, and there is a you who you don't think even go to church. There is the unforgiving you. There is the graceful you. There is the kind you. There is the merciful you. But there's also the you that you need to keep him locked up. Because if you don't keep him locked up, he's going to come out and act up and do some things you don't want him to do. There is a lot of invisible men inside of you. And if you don't believe, if you don't believe me, let me take your person run outside and we'll see what type of invisible man inside of you. But I thought you was church, but don't touch my purse. I thought you was saved, but don't hit my kids. Because I'm saved right now, but I sure got some few words I used, I got used up back in my back cabinet, and I sure can pull them out at any moment. There is many different sides of you. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, the reason why I'm preaching this message or telling us about the invisible man, because I would like to present to you, there's another side of you that you don't show nobody, but that you wants to come out. And because that, and there's many different yous that want to come out. There is the good you, and there is the you that doesn't, that ain't so good. Because Paul said, when I want to do good, evil is around me. When I want to do right. This thing behind me will not let me do right. How many of you ever struggle with that when you want to do right? No, you don't got to be so sanctified. We sat, it's Saturday at church. You can tell the truth. When you want to do right, it just creep up on you. And when you know you should do right, you just say, well, I'm going to try this because what happens is we're so used to living under grace. And because we live under grace so much, we said God just going to cover us and God just going to, and he is, God, God going to cover us and, and I don't got to really worry about that because I got the blood of God, the grace of God on my life. But let me tell you something. The Bible says, be not deceived for God is not marked. The Bible says, shall we continue in sin and let grace abound? other words, keep doing the same thing you're doing over and over and over again and keep saying, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me. And he does, but, uh, but there comes a time when he says, uh-uh-uh. You know, you know when, you have, when you have children, and thank God, I, 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 when you have children, children test that, test that thing. You say all the time, don't do it, and they test it, don't do it, and they test it, don't do it, and they test it. And then if they test it a while, you say, wait a minute, you ain't going to never change. So you asking for my forgiveness is not all you're doing is trying to cover up what you're doing wrong. My brothers and sisters, there's a person inside of you, hallelujah, who wants to say, I need to come out. Let me explain to you. You are like a factory. Every one of you are like a factory. God has given you, up, God has given you things to produce out inside of your factory. Each one of you has a gift. Each one of you has products inside of you. But every factory has shipping and receiving. Okay? There's shipping and receiving. And in, in every factory, there is a part of the factory where things come in and where things go out. 
There is a part of the factory where they get together and they have a counseling session to decide what goes in this factory and what comes out of this factory. But also with every factory, there has a thing called SOP, Standard Operating Procedures. And my brothers and sisters, you have a thing in you, SOP, a standing operating procedure that God has put in you, that God has given you in order to produce the product that God wants to produce out of your life. And I'm going to tell you something, my brothers and sisters, and one thing about a factory, a factory always keep running. It keeps running. Why does it keep running? Because they recognize that I have the product and I... It's called, it's called in, in the world, it's called supply and demand. And your factory has, I'm putting a demand on your factory, so I need you to supply it. When God said, let us make men in our own image, he put a demand on your factory. When God says, let us make men in our own image, and he says, be, be fruitful and multiply, he put a demand on your factory. See, most times we think be fruitful and multiply means have children. No, that is one aspect of it. That's not what it all is. Be fruitful and to multiply is for you and I. First of all, he said be fruitful. Notice what God did. God said be fruitful first, and then he said multiply. When God said be fruitful, he means I have, pl I have planted in you many seeds that will bring about fruit. And what happens in fruit, when you see fruit, the normal person goes and does what? Pick the fruit. And when he picked the fruit, he picks the fruit not just for his own, not just his, not just for, not just for his own, uh, his, his own appetite, but also to, to use the seeds inside of the fruit. None of y'all, if y'all is country like I am, and I don't mind saying that, if y'all country like I am, I know what seeds is. Because what we used to do, we used to go get them watermelons, and we used to bust them watermelons up. And my uncle used to say, do not throw them seeds away, we're going to use them seeds. See, my brothers and sisters, what happened is you are a watermelon, and most times we're th you're throwing your seeds away. And you should be using your seeds. Because let me tell you what, let me tell you what, this, let me tell you what, this, what this spiritual analogy means. You should be so seated in yourself, so seated in yourself that whatever you need, you don't really got to ask God for it. I'm going to help you. God gave you the ability upon this earth to produce. And because God gave you the ability on earth to produce, he put it already inside of you. You have to say, God, show me how to pull it out so that I can produce what you have for me. What happens is this. If you want, if you want love, you got to plant the seeds of love. If you want prosperity, you got to plant the seeds of prosperity. If you want peace, you got to plant the seeds of peace. If you want health, you got to plant the seeds of health. And what happens is when you begin to plant those seeds in your field, your field will begin to produce. And when your field begin, begin to produce a harvest, you don't have to ask somebody for it. It's already there. And then not only is it already there, you can be able to give it to somebody else. Because let's say somebody said, well, I need some love in my life. You should be able to say, come to my field. Here's a whole bushel of love. Take it and take it home with you. And then if you know anybody else who need a bushel, who needs some love, tell them, come on, I got enough in my field to give it away. If somebody need prosperity in their life, you should say, look, I got a field full of prosperity. And my prosperity field is not limited. Hallelujah. My prosperity field is not limited because when you cut that, when you cut my, when you cut the fruit from the prosperity field, there's going to be other fruit in there for you and you can take it and put it on your field. 
and then you take it and put it on your field, it starts growing, and then somebody else can come, and you can give, do the same thing for them. You and I, my brothers and sisters, are a product of, of the Lord Most High, of the kingdom of God, and we got to start producing the seeds of the kingdom of God. If you and I are ever going to do, if you and I are going to ever do great exploits or have an impact in God, you and I got to discover the invisible man inside of you who's telling you, who's t and you know who he is. Because he talks to you. I'm going to tell you something. When you, I've noticed this, and I'm learning that the internal workings of a man is important. Not just a man, I'm, I'm, I'm saying man as a species, not man as a gender. I'll say it again. I'm saying man as the species, not man as the gender. Inside of each one of us is the invisible man, and you talk to him every day. You know that one when you go to the mirror and get up in the morning, you start putting that makeup on and start putting your lipstick on. Brother starts shaving his chin up under here because they don't want that hair to be showing up under their neck. You're, that's that man. What happens is we dress him up real well because that's the one we want everybody to see. We put nice clothes on him because that's the one we want everybody to see. And most times, that invisible man acts right. But there are some times when he wants to act unseemly. And when he acts unseemly, somebody said, wait a minute. I didn't know that was you. And when some, Now, y'all know all the time when you be at the first thing, especially you Christians, the first thing they say is that you a Christian? You a Christian? And that thing bothered me because I want to tell them who you judging. First thing they say is that whenever, whenever you say something that's not like they think you should say or do something like they think you should do, the first thing they say is, are you a Christian? Are you a born-again believer? Yes, I'm a born-again believer, but don't push me. God ain't through with me yet. You ought to tell your neighbor, neighbor, God ain't through with me yet. Oh, y'all, come on now, because I know y'all say them funny words still. We all do. But here is Jesus, and Jesus comes out of the garden. Notice this. Jesus come out of his wilderness experience. This is very powerful to me. It should be very powerful to you. That when Jesus comes out of his wilderness experience, having been in warfare with the enemy for over 40 days and 40 nights, the first place he goes to is church. The Bible says that he came out of the wilderness and he went to the temple and the synagogue. Why? Because he was longing for worship. He just wasn't longing to preach to somebody. He was longing for worship because anytime you've been in a, world, a wilderness experience for 40 days and 40 nights, the first thing you want to do is be able to lift your hands up and say hallelujah. You long for worship. You long for intimacy. You long for, you long for that particular presence of God to be in your life because I've been through the storm for 40 days and 40 nights and all I want to do is get into a place where the people of God are worshiping God and loving on God and and giving God glory. I don't know about you, but after I've been through a long week of hell and high water, the first thing I want to do is get to the house of the Lord. Because David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because when I get to the house of the Lord, other people that's been going through hell and high water are going to lift their hands. And we're, we all together are going to give God glory because of what we have taken, what he has taken us to and brought us through. And here is Jesus. He's just come out of the wilderness. Battling with the enemy, with battle with the enemy, and the first thing he did is went to church. And when he got in church, the first thing he did is said, I'm going to release my purpose. My God, 
I'm going to release my purpose. I'm going to tell him that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. For he has told me, bind the broken heart, to set the captive free. God, Jesus gave him seven purposes while he was on the earth. And while Jesus was talking to them, while he was talking to them, somebody, some old raggedy deacon in the back of the church started saying, ain't you the preacher's son? Ain't you the carpenter's son? We know your mama. We know your sisters and your brothers. You ain't no good better than them. Isn't it funny when you get the first place you really start learning who you are and, and start accepting your purpose is in church. Is around the mouth of God. Is around the people of God. Because your purpose is made known when you're in the presence of the most high God. If you want to know your purpose in life, start hanging around the presence of the most high God. Because when you hang around the presence of the most high God, not only does he release you, not only he release you, the thing inside you begin to connect to it. And when that thing inside you begin to connect to it, you begin to birth who you are in the presence of God. I understand why Jesus said, come and go into your closet. And God began to deal with me about that a couple of, matter of fact, on this week, even though we talked about it last week, he began to deal with me about it. He began to say, the reason why I want you to come in your closet, because I want to put some clothes on your invisible man. I want to put garments on him that's not seen. I want to put anointings on him that's not seen. I want to put grace on him that's not seen. I want to put mercies upon him that's not seen. When you get around the presence of God, you'll begin to find out who you are and what really you are. And your invisible man inside of you will begin to be birthed for, begin to be birthed to you. And here is Jesus. I'm Harriet. And here is Jesus. And Jesus was in the, they said, they, they started saying to Jesus, aren't you the carpenter's son? Isn't that funny? When you get around, when, when the place, when, the place where you long to be, the place where you long to have the greatest experience of God, it comes your greatest criticism or your greatest obstacle. For some reason, it becomes your greatest criticism and your greatest obstacle. But Jesus didn't, but Jesus didn't get mad at them. He didn't say nothing wrong with them. He just said a prophet is not even wanted in his own town. My brothers and sisters, that just lets me know that when you're looking for your purpose and when you when you're assigned to destiny, you can't depend on nobody else but the voice of the living God. And when the voice of the living God is talking to you, you know your purpose and your destiny is for sure. I'm learning to shut my ears to people who do not have, who I want to criticize and, and, cannot, and cannot help you along the way because what they do is they bring you back to where they are and they don't want to see you move forward. But in this season of your life, I'm praying for you and I'm declaring your, you will move forward by the name of Jesus Christ and there will be no enemy to stop you for you get ready to move forward why because God has destined you and that invisible man inside of you wants to come out that's why the word called him invis the word visit means vision that's an envision of you wants to come out and that envision of you is saying I need to be in a better place I need to be in a bigger place I need better I need bigger capacity I need more why because I want to show who I am and I want you to know our brothers and sisters is that when that invisible man begins to come out of you he wants to show you who he is but what happens in the text is that they didn't recognize Jesus because the first thing he did is pick the word up and he began to expound on them the word of God and when he began to talk the word of God, they didn't recognize who he was. The, now, the first thing that all they can say is try to connect him. See, this is what happens. When, when people don't recognize you, what they'll do is try to connect you to something they can recognize. 
something they can have a standard what happens is when there's no standard for you when there's no uh, 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 when there's no bar for you what happens is someone will try to put you with somebody else to to try to bring you to that statue or that level to say that's who you are but no that's not who who I am because when God made my two eyes when God made my one mouth and made my two hands he made those those particular things just for you nobody else in the world can have your eyes nobody else in the world can have your thumbprint nobody else in the world can have your mouth print that simply means no one else can have your particular vision hallelujah no one else can speak for you and no one else can work it for yourself because when God give you your own eyes he means I've given you your own vision to see me I've given you the things you need to pursue I'm telling you you have to go after God when you see it and then God's not only have I given you your own eyes I've given you a mouth inside why when whenever they try to recognize you and you get burnt up the only thing they can recognize you by is your teeth print why is your mouth so important because your miracle is in your mouth your miracle is in your mouth your miracle is in your mouth your 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 inspiration is in your mouth because when you begin to talk it you begin to want it when you begin to want it you'll begin to pursue it when you begin to pursue it it'll come to you my brothers and sisters there is an invisible man inside of you want to say let me be seen and so when God gives you hands hands when you touch something oh my God when you touch something your fingerprints are on it nobody else can claim it nobody else can do it it's just for you so when God gave you your eyes your eyes hallelujah is to look up to him look God almighty and your mouth is to glorify him and your hands is to wave your hands is the identification of who you are to God and God knows who you are by your identification and also by your frequency Every one of you have a frequency. Your voice has its own voice print. You know when you begin to go someplace and you have, and they tell you, you know, like everybody has this thing, or like you have Siri and you have um, the other one that don't really, that's made by Samsung. We have, we have the real one that's going to heaven and another one made by Samsung. Yeah, them too. But when you but when you say Siri, Siri recognize your voice. And God began to remind me this week, don't you ever forget this thing is voice activated. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, this thing is voice activated. This thing is voice activated. Your life is voice activated. Your peace is voice activated. Your redemption is voice activated. Your claiming it is voice activated. Your declarations is voice activated. You reading the word of God is voice activated. And when you begin to activate your voice, what happens is you set a frequency in the atmosphere that said, are you hearing me? Because when you say, are you hearing me? The atmosphere has to say, wait a minute, I recognize that I am in you. Because there's an invisible man in you that, had, that, that, that is surrounded by the I am of God in your life my brothers and sisters I want to tell you something that when God created you when God created you do you know he spoke you first and then he created you I'm gonna say it again he spoke you first in Genesis 1 he gave you destiny in Genesis 1 he said I'm gonna make you fruitful and multiply in Genesis 1 he says I'm gonna tell you to to subdue the land and to have dominion then he spoke you and then gentlemen two he said now i formed him from the dust of the earth so god letting me know this whole thing has been voice activated from the very beginning 
from the very beginning, from Genesis 1, I got to let you say, I, I got to back that thing up and give it to you one more time. Because in Genesis 1, all he did is spoke you. You was not even created. There was nothing there. There was nothing there. And God said in Genesis 1, let's turn to it. If, if I, quickly, I want to read it to you because before I lose my thought and get excited and preach out of here. Genesis 1, I got to prove it to you what God did. In Genesis 1, he said, in 1, he said this. I want to cut out. He says, in Genesis 1, he says, let's make man in our image. We didn't even have him. He was not even there yet. He was not even there yet. He said, let's make man in our image. And God created him. And he and he, he and him, male and female, God created them. And then he says, I, God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and of every living thing that moved upon the earth. Now notice this. Man was not there yet. He just gave you destiny and purpose. It wasn't to the second chapter. That after he spoke it, in the second chapter, he said, and God, create, God created man from the dust of the earth. And God breathed into man. And man became a living soul. That's divorce. That's in verse, that's in second, uh, second Genesis. So it lets you know that first you got to say it before it happens. You got to say it before it's even created. You got to say it because when you begin to say it, then the matter and then the matter begins to form to make the very thing you just said. But you wonder what's wrong with us? We have not said the right thing. We have not said the thing that creates the matter for us. You got to set a thing that's going to create the matter for you. And when you set a thing, thank you, I love your word, I love your word. And when you set a thing that's going to create the matter for you, then the matter begins to manifest itself. And when the matter begins to manifest itself, then you can take what the matter is, and then you can take your hands and begin to create it and live in it. I love the word of God. And so here is Jesus. We're finishing. Here is Jesus. And Jesus was saying, they don't even know who I am. Because they believed Jesus was the one that was going to come and take Rome down. But Jesus said, I didn't come to wage war against man. I come to wage war. I was born for this purpose. God says, he was born to take evil off the earth. That's what the Bible says. He was born to remove evil off the earth. So Jesus was like, y'all got the wrong one. Y'all looking for somebody else, but I'm not him. I'm the one that's going to bring redemption and resurrection back to God's men. I come for one purpose and one purpose only, to redeem you back to God. And my brothers and sisters, what happens is, is that after God, re you got to know you have been redeemed. The Bible says we, we, the Bible says we are redeemed and you got to know, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? That means you got to go out and set something to make something matter. You have to go out and set something to make something matter. And when you, oh my God, I love you. And when you begin to make something matter, then you can get it in your hands. 
And when you can get it in your hands, you now the you that's inside of you will begin to be known and begin to be shown. There's a word that I love so much called intimacy. It's really when you break it down, it says, into me I see. Into me I see. Have many of you taken time to into me I see? Because when you begin to into me I see, you begin to take an internal dialogue with the me of you, with the me, the you. You know, we say we got the, the me, myself, and I. You begin to take an eternal dialogue with the me inside of you because the me inside of you is saying, I know so much about you. I have so much to know about you. But all you want to do is dress me up, not let me talk to you. The thing about God I love, and, it's, and it's, it blows me away, that the Bible says that he, he responds by the counsel of his will. You mean God don't step out and say, hey, no. He, he responds by the counsel. That means God, the spirit, and the word is working together. And they move on his, on his decree and his behalf. My brothers and sisters, there's an invisible me inside of you who really wants to be known, who really wants to be shown. And I'm going to tell you something. When you, when you ever tap into the into me, I see you. Then you will find out the who you really are. The into me, I see. Because the, I watched him the other day and the man kept saying, I see you. The into me I see is I have an awareness about what's going on inside of me. And I refuse to let it, I refuse to let the things of this world bombard me. I refuse to let the things of the world keep me down. The Bible says lay aside them weights that so easily beset you. Why? Because he needs you to into me I see. That's why you got to lock yourself in your closets, my brothers and my sisters. I know this is old school preaching, but it'll get you where you need to go. Sometimes you got to go in a quiet place where no TV is, where nobody is. And say, hey, God, here is me and you, and I can't move until you move for me. God is so desperately wanting to redeem you, so desperately wanting to get, to get you to where he is, so desperately wanting to. He wants to pour himself out, out upon us. And he keeps reminding me every day, I am more than just an abundant God. The first thing we do is say, hey, God, I need you to be abundant. But God said, I don't want, I, I can be abundant every day and I am abundant every day. But you need to come see me. You need to come in me and see me. Because when you come in me and see me, you will know me. And when you know me, you know yourself. I was wrestling with that particular thought that dog produced dog, cat produced cat, bird produced bird. God produced God. He says, why are you wrestling with that thought? He said, birds produce birds. Cats produce cats. Fish produce fish. God produce gods.
I don't produce anything less than that. I produce who I am. But we have to come into the intimacy part of him. Most of us, and you are watching online, most of us are missing the intimacy part of God. We do everything else, but don't you know God is saying, come and I want to reveal myself to you. The greatest type of man that walks the earth is the man that God has revealed himself to. Because when God reveals himself to you, I feel prophecy, and I'm preaching prophecy right now to you. When God reveals himself to you, then nothing you will want to do to disappoint him. All you want to do is please him and when you walk in a play when you walk in a posture of pleasure to God pleasing God you begin to walk in honor and when you begin to walk in honor favor follows honor and not only does favor follow honor a distinction follows honor God began to say I will put I'll make you distinctive in honor and in favor when God begins to, when you begin to intimacy God and you be sitting and everybody said, I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, we cannot, I know I like watching the television too. But that thing is tell lies to your vision. Tell lies to your vision. And we refuse to pick up the man, the strategy of God. As this church, and as, as I close, as the pastor's church, I must implore, and I'm going to always tell you, and I'm going to pray, I'm, decla I'm declaring to you that you become a, read, a word-reading people. Because a word-reading people is a world-ready world people. And a world-ready people can receive the world from God. God's not, when you are in a factory, and you're a factory. Before your product is released, it must be tested for its integrity. When they built this, built them, when they built these chairs, the man knows when I sit in this chair, they've tested to see somebody about 8,000 times sat in that chair, back up, about 8,000 times to test the integrity of the chair. Because when he put his seal on the chair, you know by the integrity of the seal. My brothers and sisters, the reason why we have struggled in many areas of our life because our integrity is being tested and God wants to put the seal on your integrity, but he can't put the seal on your integrity until you be tested. That's what makes your product so good because it's been tested and tried and stretched. To see the capacity of the individual, of the product. And because you are a factory, you know God's going to test you according to his standard operating procedures. He's not going to change them at all. Because he recognizes if I test you according to this law, this book of the law, this book of the law according to Joshua 1 and 8, shall not depart out of my mouth. I shall meditate it on day and night. God wants to test you, my brother and sister, and you are being tested in every area of your life. I want you to know testing is for integrity and character building because the invisible inside of you, when it begins to produce, it got to know it can be trusted.
Can God trust the product inside of you? Can God say, I can put my seal of approval on the product inside of you? Are the things that's making the product the same quality? Or are you allowing or have you downsized your, in, your intake to produce quantity? Don't let the quantity of life take away the quality of the life that God wants to give you because inside of you is the invisible man and that invisible man says that I really want to be seen and I really want to be shown but that invisible man most of us all are saying Lord you can trust me and that's where we want to be that I trust you part of God because the heart of God when the heart of God is speaking I want you to know when the heart of God is speaking, we should listen because he's given us particular instructions. And I've learned that I've learned doing this just to just look, keep looking this way because everybody looks funny. But I'm telling you, when you become God-centered, the gift of God in you will begin to show itself. And the into me I see. If, you, if, you, if I didn't tell you anything else today, you should have wrote that down. The into me how many of you intimacy God and how many of you is intimacy seeing you you and I are on a wonderful quest and a wonderful destiny to obtain the things of God so let's obtain the things to God together amen I pray this bless you come on stand on your feet I pray this bless you bless you I didn't want to hold you guys all night, all day, because we missed service last week because of the weather. And I was telling the weather off. I was fussing the weather real good because I'm, I'm old school. I'm old school. I believe we come to church. Then if the mailman can go, if the mailman show up and sleep, snow and fall, I just believe we can too. But then wisdom takes over for my emotions. And wisdom says, that's for you. But ain't everybody like you, sir. And I appreciate God for wisdom. And I appreciate God for my wife standing and saying, hey, let me give you some wisdom, bro. But she didn't do it kindly. <laughs> Praise the Lord for her. She's a kind lady. I love her. Come on, let's pray. I want to pray for everybody today. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for this word you've given to us, the invisible man. Because God, I decree and declare that every one of us, God, start being fruitful. I decree that this year shall be a fruitful year and a fruitful season and a season of multiplication that will bring pleasure to you. Because God, we are here to please you. We are here, God, to walk in your fellowship and to walk in your way and to walk in your counsel. Because, God, with your counsel, Holy Ghost, I feel you, with your counsel, we can do anything with your counsel. There is nothing withheld from us. For your Bible says we can do all things through Christ which strengthen us, for he is the counsel of God. And that means the anointing that strengthens us. And today, God, we, your people, decree and declare 
that the invisible men, the factory inside of us, are, fin are we are producing the works that you want us to produce. You are, we thank you, God, again, because we know that we're going to fulfill your call upon our lives. And we thank you for it, Jesus, for the intimacy I see. Father, help us come close to the intimacy I see. And we're going to give you glory and we're going to bless your name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. And while you're taking your seat, we're getting ready to take our offering up. I want to thank everybody who is planting seeds for this month and planting seeds in this particular ministry. And all those online who would like to, who would like to, present a, who would like to plant seeds, our, our cash app is Place of Promise, dollar sign, Place of Promise. You are welcome to give and welcome to participate. I just want you to know, y'all, that every seed you give is going to the right place because we are good farmers. We are good farmers in the name of Jesus Christ. And I believe that what happens is that I really believe that God has called us for the last, for these days because we're getting ready to see such a harvest in God and such a great thing in God. Come on, honey, let's get ready. To get, well, I'll take it over first. Is there anybody who would, I'll take time. You're going to write a $1,000 check. That's T H O. U S A N D. I, 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 you write a thousand dollar check. You spell it M I L L I O N S. That's how you write a thousand dollar check. You spell it just like that. M I L L I O N S. Come on, Andre. Come on. Come on. All, all gonna give. Please let's stand and raise it in the air. We like to raise our offering in the air. Father, today we thank you for everyone that decided to give and everyone who had to give. We thank you, God, that we give, God, not for a debt I owe, but a seed I sow. Father, for this seed shall open doors. This seed shall bring about healing. This seed shall bring about peace. God, we cannot pay you for anything. This is just a sacrifice of who we are and what we, what we have accomplished for you. Today, oh God, your people are saying thank you in the mighty name of Jesus, for we shall receive a harvest. We shall receive an overflow. We shall receive an abundance of favor, an abundance of health, an abundance of influence, an abundance of whatever God you have that is pleasurable to us. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Please bring your offering or, or send it as you please right now in the name of Jesus. You did more than I ever expected. Oh, You did more, yeah. You did more than I ever expected. You did more, yes, yes, yes. Than I ever expected. You did more, yes. You did more than I ever expected. You did more, yes. You did more than I ever expected. Oh, you did more than I ever Good announcements. We are making connections still with Desire Help Portion Ministries. Hey, we are collecting um, food, not their twice, clothing, blankets, seal, whatever you have to give. We are still collecting those items. You can reach out to us and we will meet you. You can talk about the church. Any way we can get those items, we'll make sure we get them. We are also in connection with Solutions of Life, our sister Cynthia Perry. Offers. Come. 
We have another announcement. My birthday is coming up soon. It's it's March 14th. We're having service that day. It's March 15th, but we're having service on Saturday the 15th. I mean the 14th. We're going to have church on top of church. It's going to be a great day. I'm expecting a lot of guests, a lot of friends to come by. I don't know if I'm going to preach that day. I may feel like humming a little bit. I don't know. But please be here. It's going to be a very special day. I'm going to be turning 52. We finally got it right. I'll be turning 52. And it's going to be an exciting time. Y'all come. We're going to pack the place out. We, we, we may even have some cake for you to take home and a piece of punch. <laughs> and a piece of punch. Jesus, Lord, have mercy. But let, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, let, let, let's say amen for our, for our stunning lady, Daniels. She's just stunning in her fashion today. Just stunning. Just simply breathtaking. I'm about to pass out right now and for a conniption. <laughs> I'm about to have a conniption. That's how we got them children. You look like this. Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. I love her much. And I think, I believe, I hope she loved me back. I just believe in it. I just believe when church, when saints see, when saints, see saints love each other, it's easy to love. It's easy to love. And I believe that. Um, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the day, God. Thank you for this service. Thank you, God, for the invisible man that lives inside of us. Thank you, God, for the multiple, for, for having been, for us being fruitful and for us being multiplied. I thank you, God, for the revelation of the intimacy because, God, we need to be the intimacy to please you. And, Father, when we live on that particular main, that particular thing, we know that you are our God. Today, God, keep us from our hurt, harm, and danger. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. God bless the pastors, Braswell. Bless kingdom-minded ministries, God. We are always in prayer, always in intercession for them, God. Because when we all go up, we all go up together. And there is no little eyes. There is no little eyes, no big U's in the kingdom of God. And we thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Place of promise is where we grow the people and we what? Say it again. We grow the people and we what? Love the people. people. She's going to say it loud one day. Love the people. Praise the Lord. We thank you. And we thank the musicians today for all their help and their support. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Let's go home. Hug on Miss Sabrina before she leaves. Amen. We dismissed.